You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 53, Value. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life and give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. We are one week away from the one-year mark, and happy 4th of July. I hope you had an amazing celebration. It is my favorite holiday. Summer, outdoors, being around people that want to celebrate, barbecue, fireworks, pure fun, and it was. This year we went to some of the sweetest celebrations, a small park with an old-timey celebration like local booths and kids parade and music, and then fireworks with the music provided by the local symphony. Super fun, super family-friendly. It has been a month since our return from Portugal, and it's hard to believe it is still such a great experience. My son and I, we were in the midst of some busyness, like busy schedules, and we stopped to say, hey, you remember that time? Remember the beach in Lagos when we had all day and we just did whatever we wanted? I suggested that he go back and he intern at the Pandaria Central. It was the most amazing bakery in Lagos, and then he could come home and he could open one here. Yeah, not his dream. He did like the idea of a Portuguese bakery, though, for some of our favorite treats, but he didn't care for the part of him creating it. (laughs) It's a wonderful place to start the day. So they have coffee, they have pastries, they have meat pastries, kind of like Portuguese kolaches, kind of like the idea, not similar in how they taste. And then across from it, for later in the day, is a restaurant called Feradora. Feradora. It's small, it's busy, and they have this amazing dish of razor clams. Have you heard of these? They are essentially clams that are in this long tube type of a shell, and they are delicious. Not gritty at all, lots of flavor, locally sourced. Delicious. We went there twice. (laughs) So you can have breakfast and dinner, and then in between, there's plenty to do. Lagos. All right, value. That's our topic today. And this is encouragement to try on a new way of thinking if you're not already doing it, or to reinforce what you're already doing. Here's the definition. It's relative worth, merit, or importance. Doesn't that say it all? One day we were sitting in a cafe in Fatima, eating sandwiches with drinks having pastries and cookies afterwards, and the grand total, 8.6 euros, about $10. The value far exceeded the cost. So value, value that we receive, thinking about all that we buy or consume and the value that it brings to us. So that example in Fatima, value far exceeded the cost. Here's the change in thinking. It doesn't matter if you can afford something, It only matters the value that you're going to get, either what you perceive or what you actually get in terms of value. 
When we bought our vehicle six years ago, there was the base model and then the upgraded model. And the, there were a few different benefits between the two. The biggest that stood out was this small refrigerated compartment in the center console. So it could keep things cool. You turn it on, you can turn it off. I think it was about $3,000 more and we've used it probably a handful of times. So it's become our joke, the $3,000 cooler. Has it provided $3,000 worth of value? Absolutely, even more than that. Someone recently helped Craig with a task that took about half a day and we were talking, how do you compensate? The individual, they volunteered, they didn't ask for anything, they didn't want anything. So how do you compensate that? By asking the question, how much value did they provide? And then do that. Because what's right or what's fair, when you think about it in terms of value, is usually going to be more generous than actually looking at numbers. And it was fun to think about it in that way and compensate in that way. I ordered some things on a holiday to be delivered the same day. Huge value. And an opportunity to express that in the form of a tip. Relative worth, merit, or importance. Let's look at value another way. As in, what can I give? I had a position once where there was far more work than people to do it. You've been there too, right? I think most people have. And I think it's been most of my adult life. Do more with less. And I did. Arrived early, hustled my way through the day, spent whatever time it took to complete the additional tasks, took on more. And at the end of the rating year, I had a lot to share. A lot of accomplishments and contributions and numbers. and felt really good and received a high rating. The following year, I decided it was time to step back and share those tasks that could be done by others and focus on what I could do that other people could not, like what came easier for me and how I could fill in the gaps and really focus in my zone of genius. And this is in addition to the job description. And here's what happened. I worked less additional hours. I had far more fulfillment, more time for lunch, created more time for sicker patients. And at the end of the year, the rating was even better. Like it was more meaningful. I had fewer contributions, a more meaningful experience, and actually created more value for the organization, which seems so funny to me. Doing less created more. And it created more in a way that was not a big deal at all. In fact, it was rejuvenating. So value, what can I provide that others can't? Value to slow down and focus on impact and value in the experience of that first year to learn how to incorporate many things into what I was doing and to discern where are my strengths. Value. Value thinking to me, it really simplifies things and it helps to determine what fits and what doesn't. And it's not about cost. It may be a comparison with cost, It may be looking at before or after a purchase, looking at cost and value, but it's not solely focused on cost. I was talking with someone recently who purchased a vehicle, took it home, and was generally underwhelmed, which is unusual, right? Like when we buy a car, it floods our brain with dopamine. We get the feels good. Like there's a lot. We get this dreamy state. It's such a big deal. And for them... That wasn't their experience. It didn't happen. 
So they took the car back and purchased a different one. And in fact, that one did create the experience for them and it didn't cost that much more. So they had an overwhelming amount of value for the second purchase than they did for the first purchase. And cost wasn't that different. You can use value thinking in many ways. And here's one related to food. Donuts. (laughs) I used to eat a ton of these. And on 4th of July, we decided that that was a day for all things American, and that meant a donut. So let's infuse some value thinking. There's an amazing donut shop. It's also a whoopie pie shop in Lewiston, Maine, called Labadies. At least I think that's how they say it in Maine, Labadies. We call it Labadies. Best donuts ever. We used to go there a few times a week because it was right on the way to school and work. And no donut since then has tasted as good. There's a few close ones, but not, not the same. So value thinking in terms of the quality of the donut. If it's not quality, if it's not going to provide the value, not going to consume it. Next, value on what it provides to my body. So there's immediately what it provides, and then there's the next few hours. Immediately, it tastes amazing. Get some dopamine in my brain. It feels good. Oh. However, the next few hours... My energy goes down. My body feels heavy. I start looking for something to pick up my energy like coffee. So value thinking of comparing the immediate, the immediate effects of consuming the donut versus the delayed effects and using this for decision-making. And you can do it with any type of food or meal. What's the value now versus later? If you eat a paleo meal, what's the value immediately And then the next few hours, if you eat a pasta meal, the same thing, the immediate value and then the later value. And can you see how your food choices might be different when you look at things from the perspective of value to the body, value for the body, not cost, not taste. Some decadent pleasures are easier to avoid because ultimately they have negative value. For one donut, I'm going to feel terrible for two hours. I'll pass. Unless it's the 4th of July or we're at Labatee's. <laughs> Can you also see how thinking in terms of value, it engages a higher level of thinking to make decisions? That higher level to keep us in control. Like we're not wandering around looking for ways to feel better. We've already thought about it in advance. We're also not relying on things outside of ourselves to improve a situation. So how about value at work? I've been working as a hospitalist this summer, super fun, super humbling. I leave the hospital at the end of the day and I'm so thankful for the problems I have. I was talking with a hospital staff who works at a front desk and she put it all in perspective. I have both arms and legs and I can move them. I can speak, I can get to the bathroom and go on my own, I have a home to go to, I have people I love who love me in return, I can think through things and make decisions, I have no problems. I was like, brilliant, you are brilliant. The role of the hospitalist is to care for patients during their hospitalization, so as the primary doctor in the hospital, which means ordering things, interpreting things like tests, ordering medications and treatments and making adjustments, consulting specialists, thinking about discharge planning, like what happens when they're ready to leave the hospital, where are they going to go? 
And here's where value thinking comes in and what I teach medical students. Our task is to see what value we can provide to this patient today. That's what we want to look for. And here's where we can look. Do we have the right diagnosis? Are they on the right medications? What can we measure or see or how can we know if it's working? Are the right people on the team? Have their home medications been restarted? If so, is it appropriate? Meaning, if somebody comes in bleeding and they're on aspirin, is it appropriate? Either if if they've been started on it already, is it appropriate? If they haven't been started on it, is it appropriate to start now? Let's review it. Here's another example. If somebody normally has high blood pressure and is on medication and they're in the hospital running low, is it appropriate to have this medication ordered or not? Maybe hold it. We then go to look at the labs. Is there anything we're missing or haven't thought about or put into context? Do they have new lab findings? How does this fit with what we're working through? And are there labs that haven't been reviewed? How many of the above questions we get through really depends on the complexity of care. Like if something is very complex, we're looking at the big things. If something is less complex or more stable, then we're going to keep going and we're going to look at all the little things or as many as we can fit in because that's what adds value to our patient. And here's the value. If I have nothing to add that day, I can walk in the room and say to the patient, I've reviewed your hospital course and the studies you've had, the current labs, your orders, your home medications, and I agree with what's being done. And of your home medications, here's what's not been started and why. What questions do you have or what would you like to review? Can you see how that would add value for both of us? How the patient may be more comfortable that somebody's paying attention, that their care's been personalized? The value for me, I've satisfied my commitment to the patient, my internal standard of what right looks like for them. The other thing I teach students is to look for clues with the patient. How can we add value to help them be more comfortable? Are they showing signs that sleep or quiet is going to benefit them more than the company in their room? Is their phone nearby? Is their IV pump beeping? Do their sheets, do they need to be changed? Have they ordered a meal? Do they know how to? And really practicing in that way, it only takes an extra two minutes maybe. Identifying and then finding the right person to help. That's the value. Value thinking is freedom. It's looking at what's possible and it's contrasting it with what's helpful or asked for or needed. And it's preserving resources. When cost outweighs value, then why would we even entertain the idea? Why would we buy or spend in that capacity? Value thinking also is planting seeds, not knowing what the future will hold. So the $3,000 cooler, someday it may be the most invaluable resource. It's carried a few things, it's been fun, but let's say there's something absolutely essential that needs to be refrigerated. We've got the $3,000 cooler. (laughs) Value is what you bring or offer or obtain or create for yourself or others. And thinking in terms of value, for me, it really creates sustainability because I'm focused on my zone of genius 
what comes easier, what I can do or offer, and who to involve. So identifying ways to improve a situation or help somebody, like help them be more comfortable, it doesn't mean I have to solve or fix it. I can find others. Here's another way to add value, to lean into the discomfort of situations. And I especially see this in healthcare. When things don't go right and people leave without saying something, the frustration or anger or resentment, it just grows. That becomes their experience no matter how many things went right, no matter how good the experience overall was, it's whatever went wrong, that's what grows. And it's like the old gardening analogy, whatever we feed, that's what's going to grow. And our minds like to focus and come back to the negative. Whatever brought out our shame or fear or scarcity or doubt, that's where our minds are going to perseverate. That's what's going to grow and it becomes our experience. So leaning into the uncomfortable situations, it adds value because it offers the opportunity to really short circuit that negative spiral or that negative pattern. You can even discern your thinking by the value that it's adding to you or a situation. So especially when it comes to the past, I know my mind likes to go back to the negative and go over and over. And the questions and the decisions I made and how it worked out. Here's a question. Did serving in the military make things harder for my son? Here's where I can infuse value. What's the value of this question? I can choose right then and there that there's no value and disregard it. Done. I can also choose that there is value and answer it. So when our mind, when it goes to those pain points, we can always pause and then decide that there either is value in returning or not. We can also decide to write a new story, the value that we found now in the experience that we had in the past. And we can stop that negative spiral or negative spin cycle. Let's go back to that question. Did serving in the military make things harder for my son? Here's the value. Absolutely it did. He experienced a lot of change at a young age in terms of where he lived, who he was around, the culture of the environment, the jobs of his parents. He experienced sacrifice when each of us deployed. He learned to figure things out, and he did so at an earlier age. He learned how to take care of himself in ways that others don't. And he's also learned how to think through things and use this to set up his future. Recently, something happened with something, one of his items, and he put this all into perspective. He was able to come up with a plan, look for background information, ask for some advice, use that and put it into context, and then set up how he was going to address it. And he did. And he addressed it in a phenomenal way. He went into a conversation, an uncomfortable conversation with a stranger and pointed out the facts and pointed out what right looked like and got to a place that he could be at peace. And he wasn't trying to control the outcome. And ultimately what he offered was the solution and he walked away feeling good about it. It was a situation that when it happened, he didn't feel good about it. But he was able to go through all of that and at the end to find peace. And I'm so proud of him. That's the value of his upbringing. 
It wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty. There was some joy. And we can point out lots of pockets of joy through his experience. But we really can see the value in it now and how it's going to serve him well in the rest of his life. So value and peace in thinking through our thinking and deciding, are there things worth entertaining or going back to or not? And then finding the value of whatever we experienced, whatever upbringing we had, even if it's one we wouldn't have chosen, even if there was pain or loss or separation, we can always find value. It amazes me when I talk with extraordinary people or I hear extraordinary stories, especially those of survival, what really stands out is the value that people found in their experience. What they created, how they survived, how they endured, how they adapted, whatever it is, how they find that value and they share it and that's who they became. It's amazing. So value, it's all within you. It can be your compass to do less and be more in an impactful way, to answer the lingering questions of your past or your decisions currently or your future, opening things up, opening doors up, or deciding not to open them up and ultimately to finding peace Value can guide your decisions, what you choose to consume, how much, how often, what you engage in or move away from because the value is not enough. Also in you offering value, sharing value, encouraging others to do the same, teaching the next generation in whatever capacity you do, maybe even within your family, teaching them how to look at things from a place of value and how to offer value. Thinking in terms of value, that's what creates a phenomenal life. High five, all my best. I will see you next time, and we will be at the one-year mark. Are you ready for coaching? Ready for more in your life? Want to see what's possible? Then message me at Facebook, Dina George MD Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you.